0: Good morning. I'm really glad you joined us online today. In this message, I'm going to look at the purpose Jesus gave to all Christ followers that brings a great deal of meaning and purpose to life. If you're not yet a follower of Christ, you will see God's heart for you and what he will lead you to do if you decide to follow him. Mark one fourteen through 14-20 says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. This is what Jesus came to do, to proclaim the good news about God and show people what's on God's heart. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. What he's saying is don't miss what God is doing right now. All of history has building, been building up to this moment. Don't miss it. It's like a total eclipse or media shower. You'll miss it if you don't set your clock, get out of bed, and go look outside. My wife, Cindy, Is a sky watcher and she pays attention to the sky. She loves the sky. And you, what Jesus is saying is you have to pay attention if you don't want to miss what God is doing right now in history. This is what Jesus is saying. Right now, God is doing something he's promised to do since early in man's history, and you don't want to miss it. That's that's what he's saying. Next, he begins to recruit the guys who he will train to carry out his mission. And Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. <clears throat> Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men, and at once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Jesus is very clear about what. These guys will do if they become followers of him. Notice what he says. I will make you not spiritual, holy, disciplined, honest, but I will make you fishers of men. This is your purpose in life if you follow Christ. You you become fishers of men. I will lead you from now on, to catch men. <laughs> I will I will lead you to find people, in other words, who don't know God yet and tell them how they can get to know God through Jesus Christ. You've been fishing for fish. They only last a little while. But I'm now inviting you to be involved in something of eternal significance. Followers of Jesus fish. Why is that? Why should we fish? First, Jesus, Jesus showed us that finding those lost to God is on his heart. Those four fishermen and eight other guys spent the next three years watching Jesus live life. And they learned a lot by that. Jesus used this Training program of being with him to help them get ready to fulfill their purpose in life. Luke 19 is a scene the 12 followers of Christ saw many, many times. Zacchaeus was a short, little guy, so he climbs to a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus' teaching. Jesus goes to stay at Zacchaeus' house. We used to sing a song in Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house today. <laughs> so there. That, that's for what it's worth. He was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a tax collector who was hated because the Jewish people had a deep-seated resentment against Rome that the tax collectors r- represented. And, and they cheated. Any, anything they could get above their taxes, they were able to keep. So Jesus says, He's going to Zacchaeus' house that day. A sinner and a tax collector. The crowds began to mutter about Jesus going to this cheater's house. And he responds by clearly stating his purpose. Jesus explains why he went to Zacchaeus' house in Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. There was no way these 12 guys and others around them could have misunderstood Jesus' purpose for coming to earth. God loves all people and wants to help them find him, to find those lost to him and bring them back into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If we are followers of Christ, we, we need to do that too. It's easy to get busy with our stuff and our circle of friends and ignore the rest of the world, the people God wants us to reach out to. If you follow Jesus, he will keep turning you inside out to focus on those who don't know him yet. That's, that's what he does. Another time, in a similar scene, like the one I just mentioned, played out in front of the 12 guys in Luke 15. This time, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered about the group of people that Jesus allowed to get close to him and hear his teaching. They complained that Jesus receives sinners and even eats with them. He went to Zacchaeus' house later in the book. Luke says there were tax collectors and sinners very irreligious in this group. There was never anyone as pure or holy as Jesus, and yet He attracted this kind of crowd like a magnet. I mean, it was amazing. The 12 guys that were following him saw his face light up around this kind of crowd. He he loved this kind of crowd. They got the picture that these people matter to Jesus and to God as well. To answer his critics, Jesus tells three parables to make a point to the self-righteous religious leaders and show them what's on God's heart. He tells three stories with common threads. I'd I'd encourage you to read Luke 15 on your own. But here's the first thread of the story. Someone Something of great value gets lost. A sheep, one of a hundred in a shepherd's flock, one percent. A shepherd loses a sheep, part of his livelihood, and he goes to look for it. A woman loses a coin, one of ten coins, ten percent. They were all the money she had, her life savings. And the thing In the third story that's lost is a son. You get the idea. What is lost is very valuable. Next, there is an all out search for what is lost. The lost things are so valuable that people drop, the people in the stories drop everything and search for it. Other things are put on hold while the search goes on. No search for the son, though. The dad must wait until the circumstances of life bring him back to the father. God hopes, this is how God is. He hopes that the trouble you're experiencing in life brings you back to himself. Through Jesus Christ. The final theme, a major celebration breaks out when the thing is found or, or the son. The shepherd rejoices, so does the woman. The, the father has a barbecue. He, he kills the fatted calf to celebrate the prodigal coming home. And fully restores the son to himself. That's an amazing example of grace. Jesus tells these stories to show that the people lost to him are on God's heart and his own heart as well and should be on his followers' hearts. This is one reason we fish. If we follow Jesus, the things on his heart are on our heart. After Jesus died and went back to heaven, these four guys we read about earlier, uh, Andrew and Simon, uh, James and John, they, they, and several other followers of Christ start fishing for men and we're going to take a look at one incident that uh Simon and James uh, John were involved in. We we know the message because they chose to fish to share the message of Jesus Christ with others. This is what they were commissioned to do. There's a point in their mission, ministry where Peter and John explain their reason for fishing. I, I'll start with the statement at the end of the story and then back up to tell the story. Peter and John, the same guys above, were commanded to stop teaching about Christ. Acts 4:19 through 20, but Peter and John replied, "Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God." For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They didn't say, we can't help sharing about our beliefs. But we can't help stop. We can't stop talking about what we have seen and heard. They saw and heard things from Jesus that blew their mind, basically. As followers of Christ, we believe that Jesus stepped into history and saved us. Jesus made a difference in Peter and John because he is true and real and still makes a difference in lives today. These guys paid a high price for their faith. Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't consider himself worthy to be crucified right side up because Jesus, he, Jesus was crucified that way. And John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And here's the backstory of leading up to the statement in Acts 4. Peter and John heal a lame man. By the power of Jesus, Peter and John went to the temple when at the time of prayer and it's crowded. A beggar, crippled from birth, asks them for money. Instead of giving them money, Peter heals him, and he gets up, start starts walking, and then running, and then leaping as he is running. Through the temple, the crowd recognizes him as the man who is always out front uh, begging. And they gather around Peter and John for an explanation. Peter then shares the message of Christ with the crowd who gathers. He, He reminds people of the recent history of Jesus. This very crowd are the ones who disowned him and handed him over to Pilate to be killed. But after that, he was raised from the dead. Peter explains that it's by faith in Jesus Christ that this man was healed. These guys knew how to fish. They had seen Jesus teach crowds like this many, many times. They saw the opportunity and made the most of it. They took the opportunity. He starts with what happened and then tells them how to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The, the attention, however, Peter and John were getting, threatens the religious leaders. They they It threatened their power. And so... The same group of guys that he told the story, three stories to and were, were trying to squash the movement. And they were greatly disturbed, it says in the passage. When they see what's going on and uh, they see what's going on and Peter and John are arrested, but over 5,000 decide to follow Christ that day. After a night in jail, they are brought before leaders to explain their actions. The religious authorities, Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, uh, another John, Alexander, very powerful people drag Peter and John before a court of powerful religious figures to explain themselves. The leaders asked how the man was healed. And Peter replied, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, he was healed. He goes on to say that salvation is found in no one else. Acts 4.12 Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven, given to men by which we must be saved. This is why people can't be, we can't leave people to themselves to figure it out on their own, to themselves or their own ideas. We must share the message with them because Jesus is the only way. Salvation is found in no one else. It's not how good you are. Or how well you do in life. But salvation is found in him. It's the grace of Christ. Poured out on the cross. The love of Christ. Poured out on the cross. That saves us. It's not what you do. But whether or not you trust Christ. So we share this message. Second, our message is not intuitive, so it must be shared. Acts 4.13 And when they saw the courage of Peter and John they and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. This passage alludes to something important. Peter and John... Knew the message because they had seen and heard it from Jesus. They had been with Jesus. That's where their power comes from. Our message, in addition, our message isn't something that people are going to be able to figure out on their own. It has to be shared. What's intuitive is, I must be good enough good enough so that God'll accept me i must clean up my sin myself before i'm good enough to for god that's not good news that's normal news that's really bad news because you'll never know if you're good enough for that the good news is that jesus died in our place on the cross he paid for our sin so that we don't have to pay good people don't go to heaven forgiven people do we fish because there's no way to know this truth unless someone tells them think about the person who helped you come to know christ you you probably knew the basic a message of Christianity or, or maybe you didn't. It's less common to know it today than it was when I, when we started the church for sure. They, they were fishing and God caught you through their witness. God brought this person into your world and There was something about them that God used to build a bridge for the gospel message to come come across. God put you in your family to fish at your work, in your neighborhood, in your circle of friends. He wants you to be used right where you are to bring people to himself. Jesus sends you, us, to those who don't yet know him. Some of us need to find a place to fish, to meet those who don't know Christ yet, a pond to fish in. Jesus' followers fish. They share Christ with others. Here are three components of our witness. First, tell others. We speak up and declare the message when we have the opportunity. Then, bring others. Andrew brought Simon. Philip brought Nathaniel. This is something we can all do. Levi decided to throw a banquet banquet for Christ to introduce his friends to him. Easter is coming up, and so... I want to encourage you to invite your friends and family to attend church. That, and that's, that's a way they will hear the gospel, the truth of the good news of Christ. And hopefully they'll keep coming after Easter, but Easter is a start. Finally, we show others by the way we relate our unity and love will help others see how real Jesus is. Two major things that we do to serve those who don't yet follow Christ. We consider them and we provide a a safe environment for them to explore Christianity. On Sunday morning, our teams work really hard to create an environment that people can hear the message of Christ. Fishing is always a team effort. Jesus sent the 70 two by two. Peter and John were the first team after Jesus. Paul and Barnabas and John Mark were a team. Paul and Silas, Barnabas and John Mark were two teams. They were one team. But they separated into two. Uh, here's another team, Paul and Timothy. And Paul sent Epaphroditus to the Philippians. And he talks about teammates all through the letters in the New Testament. Teaming up is important because it allows for the witness of the body. We're a direct reflection of Jesus Christ to those who are around us. We are the body of Christ in the world. When people see one person who follows Christ, they think, "Eh, okay, they're crazy. But if there are many people who follow him, as they start to get to know him, the witness of the body compounds. And they can't excuse it quite as easily. They can't ignore it as as easily as they could. Jesus said two things that people should see when they get around the church. First of all, unity. John 17, uh, 22 through 23, Jesus is praying. He says, I have given in his prayer, he says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Not uniformity. We're not going for uniformity. We're going for unity that comes from living life without pressure <laughs> and we're we're diverse but we're unified another thing they should see is love john 13 34 and 35 says I, a new command i give you love one another as i as love as i have loved you so you must also love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus' love is extraordinary. And it's based on principle, not feelings. If we follow Christ, we go ahead and look to the best interests of others, whether we feel like it or not. When we see people with this kind of love around us and among us, and when we show it, to others, it draws them to himself. so we want to love and be unified so the witness of the body compounds. I want to stop right now as I always do and give you some time to think through some next steps to take after the hearing I, I hearing this message, I, I have some suggestions. You may have others that come to mind. Uh, here are my next step suggestions. Memorize Luke 19.10 to remind you what your purpose is in life. Jesus' purpose. I came to seek and to save that which is lost. Thank God for the person who helped you get to know Christ. Make myself available this week to share Christ with those around me and find a team to learn from and partner with to fish. Let's pray together. I hope this message has been a help to you. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege you've given, the purpose and the meaning that comes from life when you when we share the message of Christ, you you promise to make us fishers of men, fishers of people. And I pray that you would lay it on our heart to do that very thing, that you would be honored and pleased and glorified, God, by our lives as we do what you've made us to do. And I pray that you'd give us the power to take the next steps you've laid on our hearts. And I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.